It's the Cabbages Podcast Network. Hey, this is Sanko representing Fort Wayne. And I just wanted to say that before I go back to the real world, I'm representing the Cabbages Hip Hop Podcast. But I'll be up in that uh, hot air balloon anytime now. I'm thrilled to introduce our guest for today's show. Joining us now is Sankofa, forever repping Fort Wayne. The rapper has dropped no fewer than four projects already this year, including Black Ketchup 2 and Legacy Materials. You can listen to these and more at Bandcamp or wherever music is streamed or sold. Also joining us is Reagan Hoffman. She's a freelance writer and editor based in New York City. In addition to being my wife, she's also someone who actually went and saw the movie Cats in theaters at the cinema. My God. Hello, and welcome to the Cabbages Hip Hop Podcast. Hello. In Reagan's case, I guess we can say hey, welcome back. Yes. And welcome back. Of course, we're returning guests. Right, Pleased returning. to be making my return for this most auspicious episode. Oh, my God. I think you and uh, Don Will are our most our recurring guests. We've had you guys on the most. I think you might have edged them out with this one. Yeah, this, this is maybe, three. You're our, three. You're our Paul you're Simon. Was it Paul Simon that's been on the most? Alec Baldwin on SNL? <laughs> Yeah. Christopher Walken. Yeah, I'm, I'm it's definitely Alec. it's definitely Alec Baldwin. You're Alec Baldwin. Yeah. You're Alec Baldwin. But you're sure. Alec Baldwin from like the 1990s. Yeah. Before the, everyone knew he was a piece of shit. Yeah. That's mm-hmm, right. mm-hmm. Sankofa, where are you in the SNL universe? What guest host are you in this? Uh, Gumby. 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 I would have said Fishbone. And when you say Gumby, I start <laughs> thinking about what is a Gumby cat? Oh. <sighs> A Gumby cat would probably be an edible, which would be suitable for this program. <laughs> Why do we have to talk about the movie? Yeah, we're going to talk about this movie. We're talking about cats, people. <laughs> uh, Career for we got uh, we we have multiple kinds of cats we learned about in this. Uh, Jungle cats, obviously being the uh, the one that's most desirable, apparently. Yeah. Uh, there were glamour cats. There's the Gumby cats. But we only met one of each. The railway cat. That was the one that was uh, tap dancing, right? Yeah, and the, he was the only one who wore like actual clothes, really. Shoes. Or for very long. Yeah, that's the one who uh, reappeared and then disappeared and then came back again. Yeah, um, I don't know what his role really ultimately was. The railway cat, uh, Skimble Shanks was his name. Skimble Shanks. Skimble Shanks. Nobody's actually seen the play before, right? Just want to be clear. Absolutely not. No. Uh, no. Okay, no. so nobody has been subjected to the actual play because everything that uh, in here that seems to not make any sense is directly from the play. Of course. For the podcast, this was my second and third watching of Cats. As Gary mentioned, I saw it in theaters. It was the last thing I saw in a movie theater before March 2020, before we all got locked so in. So you started it all. I started. <laughs> I think I may be. That was, that, was, that was the apocalyptic event. Yeah. The more I learn about this, the less I understand why anyone knows what Cats is and how yeah. it was popular on Broadway. Is this shit it sucks. Okay. Like, as a play, it sucks. First and foremost, I want to define. <laughs> what do you what, want to define? I want to define what a cat is. In oh, this so we're universe. going for like the feline rubric? Yeah. Well, it as it pertains to what we saw. Yes. All right. So Because uh, if you start talking about real life, I'm going to cut you off. These gotcha. are not real life cats. They have opposable thumbs. 
feet. feet. Sometimes shoes. They can, they can leap coats. and fly across things. Yeah, yeah, I got a much list farther of, than normal. Wearing cats. coats, the coats of other cats' fur. One of them can tap yeah, dance was, like was, this. I was okay, what the source of that uh, fur was. I'm just gonna get right into like what I believe is happening in this film. All right. I believe that this film is pitting a daytime world of humans versus mm -hmm. a nighttime world of humanist like cats that are turning human. Like, you know how in Animal Farm at the end, they're like, whoa, you can't really tell if those are pigs or humans, basically. That's what's happening here. Are you fucking kidding me? No. Oh, that, white, that white zombie song, then. I don't know that one. But like, more human than human, but it's like some oh, animals more human are more than equal human, than sure. others. Yeah, okay. So I'm saying that they've taken over the night. Mm -hmm. Humans are scared to be out in the streets at night because of these okay. crazy cats, these human right. cats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, that yeah. they're this what we're time. celebrating in this film is their religion they're defining their religion for us okay that this is what a cat human world would look like and this is how they would operate but even that is so malformed and unexplained that you have a billion questions and the only answer is we're cats but we're not really cats. <laughs> that's the only answer you ever get the first <laughs> And last thing anyone says in this film when they're speaking is, I'm a cat. Here's an explanation of cat things I do. I'm a cat. If I learned anything about what a cat is in this movie, it's that a cat is no, not a dog. It's not a dog. It's not. Dame Judi Dench, as old Deuteronomy, told me directly, she looked right at me, not the camera, at me uh -huh. to deliver that message. I don't know if she looked at you guys, but she looked at me. But why does she look like the cowardly lion? It's, it's a very good question. It's a very good question. How is old Deuteronomy not a boom bap rapper name already? <laughs> it's I'm probably pretty sure, well, no, I'm pretty sure old Deuteronomy was in the digging in the crates crew at one point. Probably. He was kicked off right before Kid Capri made it in. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. There's like an old fat Joe cut that never made it. This Lucy that's out there. I actually had fat Joe in my notes for this movie. Someone's going to re-release those old Deuteronomy demos and the world's going to get shook. <laughs> but that Judy Dench character is a gender swap because in the yeah. play, and as we learned as the three of us, Jeff, Reagan, and I sat down and watched this together twice oh, uh, wow. on non-consecutive nights, but we watched it together twice. Mm -hmm. We also started watching uh, old commercials for the play right. and we came across that and that was where I realized that old Deuteronomy uh, was a man up until this point. Yeah, I did some research and um, mm. got a page full of notes here where she was a, she was originally going to be cast in it in the musical way mm. back when, but she snapped her Achilles and couldn't make it. And so someone, I didn't recognize the name, insisted that she was in the film. Yeah, she was supposed to be the Jennifer Hudson part, like the big show-stopping number, mm -hmm. the, only, the only song that anybody might know from Cats because these songs are completely unmemorable. Right. Supposed to be, I didn't know Judy Dench could sing. I still don't think she can. <laughs> no, I, I haven't been convinced. Now. Maybe she could in 1979 or what? I would implore all of these actors, if they want jobs singing anywhere else, take this off the sizzle reel. <laughs> they all did a bad job. It was like they showed up and they did what they were assigned to do. And then they just changed the music behind them. So this is part of the thing with this director is he's Tom Hooper. Mm. Is he he insisted that everybody sing live? Yes. 
So oh, that's, really? Yeah. So that's, that's why it sounds like shit, except for Jennifer Hudson. That's why you're making a movie and not a play, Tom. He wanted to recreate that experience. So he had everyone sing it live. And he insisted that when people were questioning whether or not that was possible, he's dealing with these professional. Most of the people are singers and dancers. Yeah. Not the recognizable faces that you and I see, but many of the people who are in that film are ballet dancers Mm. or have Broadway experience. They're used to doing that. So his argument was that everyone should be able to do that. I don't know quite where that fits in for James Corden or anybody else, but he was he was quite proud of that. He was proud of that. If that was his justification and he want to stay true to the original production, then how's he doing all these jump cuts? I mean, we're not we're not we're not sitting on Broadway or wherever the this play is going on and able to jump up on stage and just like change our perspective every two and a half seconds. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like the fundamental, I mean, the fundamental issue with this is that Cats as a play sucks. But like, they, mm. wa- he wanted to capture the sort of Broadway-ness of it. So he has them just walking around like humans in leotards with yeah, some yeah. fur added. But then also we're going to watch uh, Idris Elba turn into dust on the reg just because that's a fun cinematic thing. They could like pick one. No, and- that was improv <laughs> <laughs> I, I wrote down a short list of some of my favorite things that McCavity says right before he disappears. Oh, please. Here's my top three. Uh, number three, ineffable. That's number three? That's my number one. Number two, meow. <laughs> and the number one thing that McCavity says right before he disappears, McCavity. Wait, that was that him. He doesn't even make it on the list. Nah, it's like four. Because you one... know, you know what's funny. You tell me that's McCavity. <laughs> you know what's funny Elba. is that like, none of the most memorable things so came during a song. No, none of those. And this was a musical. There were there were at least twenty songs. <laughs> really? Because it felt like one really bad song. Okay, I want to talk about that. I All want right. to talk specifically about the music. I don't know if we have to do it now, but oh, at some point, it. okay. What would what was the genre? It wasn't show tunes. It wasn't jazz. It wasn't pop. What? Oh, you know, I know what it was. What it was, was the style? Noise. Was it noise? Is Kitty Diddies? Ooh. Oh, Gary. That's it. And end the show. Oh God, Gary. I'm gonna to try to get as many cat puns in. I'm sorry as- you were on such a short episode, Sankofa, but we <laughs> I can't continue with this. All right, man. Well, I I just want to say it was an honor and a pleasure being Thank part you. of the quick and clack of getting high and watching bad movies. Podcast. And I'm really sorry that we did this to you. <laughs> Are we supposed to want to fuck the cats? That's my um, question. And you well, know, that was my question. <laughs> well, bastard. like there was the reference to, um, gosh, what was it? Rebel Wilson or whatever. Yep, sure. Uh-huh. When her character rolls over and starts doing the scratching. And I had to rewind that just to make sure that I actually saw that. And it was, I didn't no, see it was that. real. But I mean, other than that, there was a bit of raunchiness, but there wasn't real chemistry except for when, uh, what's, what's that ballerina who actually showed up was the first character. When oh, she's Victoria, yeah, for just working around her. 
I was like, oh, there's some tension there. And then there really wasn't anything else after that. Did she ever give her other two names? They had like a 48 minute song about how cats have three names, which could have been one verse. Hey, cats have three names. Next song. But we got like 45 minutes of explanation. And I don't think she ever gave her other two names, right? Yeah, because there's the name that humans call you. Right. The name you're known amongst cats. Uh, what's, what's the third one? It's like your they own make it personal, up? private, yeah. secret Idaho. Idaho. Yeah. Oh. Uh, the name you can't tell anyone. Yes. Yeah. Who was that in Lord of the Rings? Idea. Was that like Sauron? <laughs> I mean, like that's when, how they come up with names like Rumple Teaser and Mungo Jerry and Rum Tum Tugger. Oh my god! They come up with that because, like, that's the stupid names that they talk to each other by. Mm-hmm. Amazing! I would kill for Victoria in those situations. Yeah. Mr. Mistopheles. There was a guy named Growl Tiger. The, the, Growl oh, Tiger. Wait, wait. Growl Tiger. Growl Tiger was Ray Winstone, right? Yeah. I thought they. I thought Ray Winstone's agent did a great job because the first time I saw him, I recognized his voice, but his, it was so poorly lit you couldn't even see it was him. So I thought they, they did a great job with that. Ray Winstone, who was played, they did everything they could to erase him gangsters. from this film. Ray Winstone had no business being in this movie. Even his song is a nightmare. It's really short, which is I not think, something I, the rest I think of the I songs can say. That, that moment. He's just like, I am a growling tiger man. I'm like, what the fuck? He does it because he doesn't sing. That's not what Ray Winstone does. He's a tough. And he's an amazing tough. Oh, but that incredible. was the role was tough, though. Like he was the guardian of the captured cats. Yeah. So yeah, you're supposed to believe him to be tough. tough in, musical, in the like 45 seconds that he sings a song about himself while everybody else got like nine minutes. So this is a singing movie. One guy sang the James Corden cat sang for like 150 minutes about being fat. Oh, he sang for so long. Are you referring so to? Long. Are you referring to the character known as Bustopher Jones? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> That's his fucking. I don't, I'm going to trust you on that. <laughs> Bustopher Jones. Bustopher Jones. He had a he had a, like a tuxedo fur, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did he have like a? I didn't see a fur cummerbund though. <laughs> it's underneath. If you were okay, just just so that no one has to watch this film. Quick plot point. The cats are being, one of them will be chosen to die. Yes. And uh, for some reason, it's going to be the most talented cat. Yes. It's the a most talent. deserving cat or something. To, so die to be born again. A la Jesus. Yes. Right. Or Plus, sure because they have nine lives. They're cat. Did you know there were cats? Uh, they, they basically are like, we're going to kill you so that you can come back. But Bustopher, it was Bustopher. Bustopher wanted to die so that it he could come back as a skinny cat mm-hmm. and eat himself to death again. Which I am like, this is that's my pick. Is this the movie seven? Yes. Oh. We discussed that. We actually did oh. discuss about in the second viewing, which mm-hmm. was less maniacal than my first. There was a lot of screaming during the first one. Understand. But in the so. second viewing, I started to wonder if these these cats could be arranged by the seven deadly sins. Yeah. And I started. I had a pretty work good working theory of you know of you know James Corden as Buster Jones. That was clearly gluttony. Yeah. Um, I think we decided that Rebel Wilson's Jenny and Dots was. Uh, Lust was, was sloth. Sloth, yeah, yeah. That's um, that Taylor Swift's Bomba Lorena was lust. That was the scene with all the catnip being 
yeah, yeah, we yeah, are yeah. definitely yeah. supposed to want to have sex with Taylor Swift as a cat. We are there's no way they design it as is and have that happen without wanting to tempt us into banging a cat. Oh, so we get back to actually my question about that yeah, because yeah. I, I, um, I, in my research, I came across some interviews with uh, the director and co-screenwriter Tom Hooper. Okay. And a lot of this comes from his experience with the play. He first okay. saw Cats in the theater at the age of eight. And I'm gonna read you a quote uh, from that. He said, I really enjoyed the sense of going through the portal and being told, we cats don't give a shit about you but on this special night, we're going to let you in on the secret. That sense of being an initiate into a secret world felt analogous to being let into the adult world for an evening. Oh, wow. What? He also I, remarked- I never grow up. He had more to say on this subject. Also remarked, it was quite a sexy show. Oh, if no. they weren't cats, would you be taking an eight-year-old? See, that's, that's, that's one of the other things I was thinking. Like. I'm watching this movie and, you know, in doing the research and Jason Derulo is saying, oh, they CGI. Jason Derulo. And I found out his original spelling of his name was uh, D-E-S-R-O-U-L-E-A-X, like a French spelling. Oh. But um, Like Jason Derulo. Yeah. But uh, I was like, man, why do they? uh... Man, I think I'm hanging out with you guys too much. I forgot what I was going to (laughs) say. Okay, that's the style of movie you watched, though. (laughs) It's yeah, but you're just aping the style that you were in. If 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 Hooper's intention is to create this this sexual thing, why did everything? Why did so much of it rather seem asexual? I was like, and I'm I'm. Are these cats supposed to be neutered and spayed? Right. There's no buttholes. Mm. There's no any other. There's no genitalia. They mm. definitely, I saw the same thing that you saw about Jason Derulo's complaints about his bulge being. Jason Derulo. Definitely the chests of all the female dancers, except for Taylor Swift, who got to keep mm-hmm. hers, yeah. were shaved down. They're trying to make them asexual because otherwise it's going to be too unbearably sexy. Like they had to. Like they don't want people being hot for cats. That's right. It's got those long dancers' legs. <laughs> but uh, but, okay, I agree that they did try, but I think also in their, in their not trying to, they maybe made it worse. I don't know. A thousand percent. I mean, right. Like it was. Cat does looks weirdly uncomfortably sexual when a human does it. Right. The way they move the little motions. They did, the, right. they did all go to cat school. They, they went to cats. Did you know they were cats? I, no, I, I, in my research, I found out that they all went to cat school to learn how cats moved. And uh, Taylor Swift was so dedicated that she actually spent extra time in cat school. Which got me wondering. I'm like trying to grab my head around like. No, no, check, check this out. If I, if I may uh, go down this route. Please. I was wondering like, now what if, what if a method actor somehow was in this show. Like you had Shia, whatever his name is, or Jared Leto or mm. Tom Hardy. Like what would Tom Hardy's cat voice sound like? Like, would it be the original voice from Bane before they overdubbed it? <laughs> like, that's what I'm wondering about. Like when I hear about cat school, I'm like, what if you have one of these crazy actors coming in all Stanislavski and just go off the deep end? Then it would Do be- we know that no one did that? 
Well, like, did anyone go full cat? Research as I did, I didn't see anything about anyone going full cat. I doubt they did. I wish I would have found something like that. Fantasy casting on this is definitely something because, you know, they went with certain types of people. But, you know, it's like, where would an Al Pacino fit into a, a movie like this? You know, a real send of the woman, post send of the woman, Al mm-hmm. Pacino would have been an extraordinary cat. He would have committed hard. He would have still been a cat years later. That's how committed he would be. The furry com- community is going to put out a cats that totally bangs. Does the furry community like this movie? Do we have any sense? I doubt it. It was liked by those folks. I kind of think that this was rejected by a lot of different communities. The Broadway yeah. community, certainly. Um, yes. The movie going public. The guy that wrote the music was like, this is bad. <laughs> how do you how- get to that point? Like, it's a musical. How did you beat it up that badly? Andrew Lloyd Webber apparently hates this so much that he <laughs> used this as an excuse to fly with a service dog. Why? He said, I need to fly with this dog because of the movie Cats. And it worked, right? It worked. They let him fly. It worked. They let him fly with a He's not an dog. actual service dog. So if you need to fly with a dog anytime soon. Because what if they show cats on the fucking I saw flight? cats. What if that's the movie it. on the flight? I got PTSD from cats. It, you know, what's weird is that I'm like, I watched this movie twice this week. You sure did. And I'm taking care of my friend's cat for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks while he's away. And the cat is a terrorist. And like, I'm living through this situation where I'm scared to go upstairs in this house. Yeah, man. And then I got to watch cats twice. I'm a little shell shocked from the experience, to be honest with you. How big are the cats relative to everything oh, else? They're well, not. That's that's the thing. Like it really messed with me when the uh, the guy with the overalls, the red overall pants guy, cat dancing on the railroad. Skimble and I, was, and I was trying to measure him against like the sleepers that I know are the size of the railway lines or whatever. And I was like, I cannot get an, an idea of the scale. The of opening, things. the opening sequence has a car that all of the cats are as tall as, and out of that comes a human sized cat somehow. So like Alice in the looking glass. I mean, this is like every place is a new set of dimensions to try and figure out. Yeah. How big is a cat next to a bicycle, for example? <laughs> Luckily yeah. for us, we went to the Egyptian yes. 150 times during this film. Did you know there were cats? How big is a cat compared to a chandelier that has fallen to the floor? How big is a cat to a, a rack of lamb? Mm. Mm. The, the mm-hmm. food that, that they were pulling out of the garbage. That food was the, hideous. The, what animal were they eating? Well, that's part of that weird, that theatrical thing, is they wanted it to be a theater Mm-hmm. like a, for a live theater experience at that moment because they thought it they must have surely thought it'll be too grotesque if they're actually like handling realistic food like mm. slimy out of the garbage bones like it's going to be horrific Just fistfuls of ramen exactly they so ended they went, up so they went like okay we're going to make these all out of rubber mm. everything they pick up looks like a dog toy it does they ended up making a weird cartoon instead of a movie. Yeah. This is just a weird, long, animated horror movie. So Tom Hooper does speak about the whole relative size thing. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, thank God. We're so going to get an answer. I don't from think this. he, I don't think he, I think you won't be uh, pleased with the answer, it, but oh. it is at least there is an intent there. I guarantee said, you I won't be pleased. I'm sure you won't be. He said, we built this world at sort of three times scale so mm-hmm. that humans could be looking at the cat's relation with the world. There's no consistency with the world in any of these things. Absolutely not. That is absolute falseness. When that cat wears a ring around her wrist, like a bracelet, that's like, she's like one tenth the size of what a cat should be. The pearl necklace? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That remark angers me to to no end because there was no care whatsoever put into the sizing of this film to even come out and say there was a method that we tried to do something to like in, help the audience enjoy the movie. It's an obvious lie. I'm like, cats no QAnon no over here. I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope. This is a conspiracy to make us believe this was a movie and not a mistake. There it is. We found, we got the ambulance. <laughs> we got the ambulance. It's always an ambulance on our show. The ambulance is coming for me because my brain just blew when he said that there was a system, that there was method to this madness. I also just want to make clear that even though we are being kind by Thomas Pippen saying they, this is this is him. So right. much of this decision making is Tom Hooper. This is yes. less of a they decision. This isn't producers him. getting involved and changing things after the fact. This is his thing. So as a matter of curiosity, was he he put in director jail after this? Like there is director like Guantanamo Bay or something. Most of the movies we watch on here, there's an immediate drop off in the quality and quantity of work of the director. He has not done a movie since. Yep, that there is, it that is. is there. He's not every fucking time. <laughs> so so really, is, that how, is that how you guys research these? Like last? No, movie? this just keeps happening. <laughs> no, and like, gotta keep in mind, like Tom Hooper had like a real run before <sighs> that. Like he did yeah, the yeah, Lay Miz. Yeah. He did the yeah. Lay Miz musical. So like he had that. He did The King's Speech. That's an Oscar movie. The oh, Danish God. Girl. He was the director of The King's Speech. Yeah, yeah. I refused to watch. And the Dan and the Danish Girl. I don't know what that is. Uh, well, I mean, the, these are both like Oscar. This is Oscar. This is stuff that was made to win Oscars. Got your bait. Like it's what it is. I mean, then to be fair, I mean, this came out in 2020. It. Maybe he's just like freaked out and not doing stuff. No, this came out in 2019, in December of 2019. Just or whatever. It's not that long ago. Not like this was 86. Yeah, but that was the release date. Yeah, but if you go into his IMDb, are you going to find future projects that he's working on? I don't think so, man. Okay, fair. I mean, fair. I'm just saying, like, in most of these cases, you have, like, a long history afterwards to point to. We don't have a long history yet. I guarantee you it will be a while. Because, like... Red Bucks still be around when this happens. Mm. That's a really good question. Excellent question. Uh, I can tell you no. there's nothing in production currently under his name. No. Maybe, I don't think it'll be what around. Was name, what was the name? Alan Smithy? Yeah, Alan Smithy. Yeah. 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 yeah he was, but the, thing is, the difference is he was proud of this. He was out doing the premiere. He did, did, did press I mean, have you this. heard the quotes we just put out? He's like lying yeah. in the face of realness to tell us, like, it's a good movie. We made it with intentions. And we met our expectations, is what he's saying in every quote. Until the movie comes out. There's no way you can say that. (laughs) Until the movie comes out and then he's never heard from again. See, I'm I'm trying to figure out like other than it being an unabashedly atrocious movie, 
Right. Like it wasn't like it had a huge amount of competition because I was looking up what came out Christmas 2019. You had Little Women, Rise of Skywalker, Spies Mm -hmm. in Disguise, which is a Will Smith animated flick, Mm -hmm. Just Mercy, never heard of it, but it was Jamie Foxx, Uncut Gems, uh, Bombshell, which is the uh, Fox News flick. With oh, yeah. uh, Charlize oh, Theron, Margot Robbie, and Nicole. Boy, I didn't see any of this. Yeah, shit. We're Jumanji betting you're going to feel good about Megan Kelly. Was Black that Christmas. <laughs> like how many ahead of a season? Blonde has a bad time at work. God, they released that at evil. Christmas. Yeah, man, I looked at the Christmas two. Did we all deserve a lump of coal? What the hell? The only one that you cited, man, that's like that was the true film of that season was The Rise of Skywalker, is because it had the Star Wars thing. It did. Yeah. It was the only one that really could have done anything of that. Right. A lot of those were there coming out in December just to make sure they were just in consideration for Oscar season. They yeah, were uncut gems. Yeah, they had to get in there at enough time with theatrical run of some sort to qualify. So mm-hmm. they come out. They come out with a wide run or an art house run or whatever in that period of time, just so they can get away with it. And you know, I did little to no research on the. Did this like. I mean, obviously, it had to have tanked, right? Yeah, it oh, cost cool. seventy-five. It, it cost uh, ninety-five million to make. It made seventy-five million at the box office, and it lost a okay. hundred million because they put about that much into promo. And keep in mind that seventy-five billion is the worldwide number. It did twenty-seven yeah, yeah. million domestically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It, it tanked everywhere. So it tanked. Okay, so it did poorly. It, 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 it wasn't it like oh, we'll, we'll hit it, it up in poorly. China and be okay. There's. It, and the critics were brutal to it, absolutely brutal to it. I just, what else, what could you do? I don't care if you, if they pay you, you'd still have to be like, I guess it's a movie is like the nicest thing I could say about it. I guess they finished it. They took 475,000 animators, but they got it done. Oh, well, yeah. the, an, well, the um, animators. A, yeah. Look, the animators I mean, if, if you watch the credits of that movie, Usually long credits denotes the fact that like you, maybe you shot on multiple locations, needed mm-hmm. different crews, you know, and maybe it's a giant action movie. So you got to have a lot of different people, in a lot of different places. This was like a pretty, you know, standard credit until you get to the VX, VFX section of the yeah, animation. Right. And then it's like a hundred thousand people coloring in people's feet through the whole movie. Coloring them in what sort? I guess, so or whatever was, color that there is, right? Like, wasn't that basically what they had to do? Uh, well, yeah, so I, let, hold on. This you, is my conspiracy. Is, okay, it's going yes, theory. This all is right, my right. So they're all barefoot. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. the tap dance Mostly. cat who wears tap shoes. Uh-huh. There's the skimble shoes. It's like, how does that guy not just run everything? He can wear shoes. There's the b boys. Well, there's also who, the sneaker wearing all stars. Chuck yep. Taylor's. Mm. Yep. Taylor Swift has the high heels. Right. But the only dancer who actually needs shoes to do their job are the ballet Mm. dancers. Because if you're standing on full point, you're actually standing on like a part of your shoe. You couldn't physically do that on your toes. That wooden toe part. Yeah. So the ballet dancers, specifically Victoria, because she's like our main character, are barefoot, which means she loves to remind us that she's a ballet dancer. The CGI artists had to draw feet over top of her point oh. shoes. Ooh. I firmly believe this. Yeah. Well, this and it is so fucked. Imagine being that person having to draw like her little toes. Well, that's, I think that like it was such a big job that they were like, let's just hire like a whole team. Well, what I was that reading team was like, we need more people. And they had what, two, three months to 
do the CGI for the trailer. And then they had like four or five months to do the CGI for the whole movie. Right. Like, it's insane. Like, I know the workload for CGI when it comes to video games and all that. Like, they work them to death. But this is crazy. They they had to hire so many people that, like, you they had to add a third song to the end. The Taylor Swift song wasn't long enough. The beginning. They even got a DeVita original, like the 17-whatever minutes. <laughs> yeah. There was so many songs at the end because they were, like, rows of names of people. We are contractually obligated to show their names. Yeah, I, I read this. I read this thing recently. Um, they're they're about how, not related to this movie, but it is tied to this. About how uh, it was a firsthand account from somebody who works at one of these visual effects houses mm-hmm. about what it's like doing this for Marvel movies, oh, and yeah. they yeah. talked about how they are the competitive nature between the studios means they under they underbid. And so like they're trying to be the low bid to get the work on the project. And then like they're dealing with these ridiculous demands and crunch timeframes from these producers and and the folks behind these films that they're just like tortured. Like they have cry rooms at these Mm -hmm. places, rooms where they just go for a cry. Like, that's how these houses work. And I went back, and in the case of Cats, there was a piece that came out in the Daily Beast in, I think, 2020, where visual effects artists, who were, again, anonymous, talked about how they had such a short amount of time to, to produce this film, uh, the trailer and the film, but that they were spending 90-hour work weeks and sleeping under their desks to get this film done on time. And even then, this film comes out, it hits theaters, and the next day the studio says they're going to be sending another version of this around to theaters. So even the version, if you went and saw it on opening night, no, you didn't. You didn't see the movie that we watched for this episode. The PDD remix. And that's where you get like conspiracy theories about like the butthole cut. That there's a, that there's a version of this out there somewhere where the cats have anuses. Like they're they're, like, I did read that article too. It's the P tapes of cats. (laughs) It's just at some point we're never going to see it, but we all believe it. Vladimir Putin's got it in his safe. (laughs) Right. I want to make I want to have movies. I want to make fun of this movie so much. But at the same time, like I can't imagine how insane it must have been to do that, to deal with Hooper's demands that the faces of the humans stay and they not the faces themselves not be CGI, but that everything else be CGI. But still yeah. allow them to have the movements of the dancers. I mean, then one of the interviews I read with him, like the idea of the, like for the studios, they were for like the VFX studios were just saying, "Oh, the best way to handle this is if we just recreate the faces." And he didn't want that. And he's like, "No, how are you going to recreate the faces? Like, how could you do like a, a, a an animated version of Ian McKellen's face when you have his actual face?" And they were like, "Who is the voice of reason in all of this?" Nobody. This thing. Oh, no, the box office was the like voice. everybody's ideas are bad. But again, mm-hmm. you're talking about a director who had like Oscar films and was successes. Way too much. Like you, this is where you get into like, is somebody an auteur or a maniac? In this case, he was a fucking maniac. Could Everyone you imagine being a producer on this? I mean, you have to watch the dailies on this, or you start to watch the scenes. You're seeing all this stuff come back. They shot this movie in like two locations. There was like a soundstage sort of setup, whatever, where they recorded 
most of the action. And then there's some stuff that happens in London in the scenes that are visibly London, not going to recreate Piccadilly on a small scale. They're just going to go do it in Piccadilly. Like that's how it works. But like most of the filming wasn't what took time. It was the months and months of VFX work. No, it was all VFX work. And you can see it in the credits. You can literally watch it happen. I like knew it was going to be a big deal. And it blew me away how many fucking names were on that list. I think they were in a smaller font than everything else too. Like they had to just like cram names. I mean, there's only so many times Taylor Swift can sing that song again. <laughs> how many do you think were misspelled? Oh God. I mean, if that happened, that's, that's, that's on, that's on whoever's running those studios. Like if you didn't submit names in the right spellings, like fuck you, man. I mean, like, but do you trust him to have done it? That's all I'm asking. No, of course not. <laughs> there were so many. I bet. Like, and it must just it must just kill these people because they, they they've got into this thing and they're like, imagine he's gonna murder Chandra Sekar bad. This is your fucking job. Your job now is like to make sure that while any cat is talking, that their ears move independent of each other. Mm-hmm. every five seconds don't forget the tail you know, because because if they don't we won't remember that they were cats right so they just put a bunch of people in costumes and said sing these songs yeah so like as much as i want to make fun of this movie and there's so much to make fun of the one thing i have i hesitate about is just like how terrible it looks because so many people were just put into an impossible position of dealing with well, that's why it looks these requests. The impossible position they were put in is mm-hmm. impossible. You can't do it. The systemic failure that causes the uh, yeah. people who put in all the work to uh, get crushed. Oh, it's kind of like capitalism that way, huh? Huh? Shot. Huh. All the VFX were the uh, they're the essential. Oh work. wow, ninety hour work weeks and sleeping under your desk to get an there arbitrary date so that this could be considered for an Oscar. Yeah. An Oscar. Uh, you won't be surprised. It, it won and was nominated for no Oscars. Damn. But uh, it won what six Razzies. It won six Razzies, which was uh, worst picture, worst screenplay, worst director, worst supporting actor, James Corden, worst oh supporting actress, Rebel Wilson, and a final category called worst screen combo, which they categorize as any two half feline, half human hairballs. What? That's what they called anytime there was two of them on screen. That's the worst screen combo. James, I just want to say something about Corden is that that character had all of the earmarks of being the most fun musical number, uh, dialogue, cause all of this his name was busted for joe a really long song too so like you got to get out there and carry it and he was a sack of bricks i mean he was he was really trying hard on that whole like seesaw catapult thing and trying to be funny but it just like nothing landed i mean nothing it's wild because cats are supposed to land on their feet did you know they were cats yeah, I was wondering about that when I saw that cat slide at the beginning uh, when they slid down the sign. I was like, is that cat going to sprain its ankle? This movie's giving <laughs> me a headache. James Corden's character, Buster for Jones, of course, the, as you start to go through, there's clearly like, why is a character like this in the movies? Or they went, when this was, when was the uh, the source material from T.S. Eliot? When was that created? And Hooper had his thoughts on James Corden's character as well. He said he's clearly satirizing a certain type of English gentleman 
who's indolent and gluttonous. Is and Tom Hooper English? He is uh, born in London uh, mm-hmm. and educated at Westminster, uh, which I think is known for the dog show. Uh, maybe I'm mistaken. Yes, yes. Um, so, uh, which again, Catherine. And I want to talk about dogs for a moment. Can we talk about uh, dogs? Please. I, anything but cats. better than talking about this movie. I'm yeah. ready to talk about dogs because... It's going to pertain to the movie. In this I film, know what you're going to bring up. In this film, we saw mice. Mm-hmm. We saw roaches. Lots of them. We saw cats, of course. Yeah, yeah. And there was a scene with uh, Mungo oh, Jerry and Rumble Teaser. Yeah, yeah. Where there is a dog in a house. Mm-hmm. And there is a scene of true of true terror where a dog is is was terrified descending upon them from from somewhere else and i'm like oh my god we're about to see what a dog looks like in this world nope yeah and no we're fucking not and i spend the entire movie from that point on wondering aloud what a dog would look like in this movie we never see one we only heard the barks its presence was known and then at the very end, Judy Dench looks looks me specifically me, yes, in the eye from hmm. the other side of my screen to tell me a cat is not a dog. She looked right into our souls and said it. I just wanted to see one dog. And this this was this was after at that point two plus hours of them hammering home the only point of this film. Those were cats. Those are cats. They just spend the entire time. Actually, let me, I just want to do a plot check real quick. Mm-hmm. Plot check. For this movie? When I'm off base, please feel free to jump in and tell me to, to stop. Sure. A cat is abandoned by humans that are as big as it possibly. Then she immediately meets a large group of cats. Mm-hmm. cats. Yes. That explain that they are cats. Yes. And give sterling examples of cattery mm-hmm. uh, for like two hours. Set to the Mentos theme song. And then they killed a homeless person. Gary, I'm really disappointed. You, you promised a lot of cat puns. I did. I did. I was, I was looking for like a catalog of cats or like a cattery mm, platter. Catalog. So it, it's a catastrophic musical. That's for sure. Okay, <sighs> there we go. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. I didn't mean but to. But no, I, it, that's it, right? Like, did I miss... A whole lot in there. I mean, because like of the movie, it's like two hours and 10 minutes long, something like that, right? There's an hour and 45 minutes at least of just like explanations of of cat behavior. Yeah, because we're meeting all the different kinds of cats. You're meeting local cats and your Gumby cats and your Glamour cats. And they just give their life philosophy, which does nothing to advance plot or point or meaningfulness. Yeah, because ultimately the movie seems like I'm a fat cat. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent news. I am a cat by my attribute. Cats. It was a movie. Uh, It's a movie. Was it? Did you guys notice a scene near the end when uh, Deuteronomy is doing the talent show thing? How she's sitting in the, she's standing on that floor. It was a talent show? Yeah, that's who we decide who dies. That was what that scene was about. I was was really hoping that that was going to be a pentagram. Because I was thinking, oh, cool. Now we're going to have a supernatural, like, 
you know, some plot twist, like it's going to be starry eyes where there's going to be a sacrifice, but no. I think the problem is, is it, it doesn't do enough to emphasize that this is like a, a Christ-like rebirth. Mm-hmm. And so like you're watching this, this and experiencing this and you know, Jeff early on was just like, we're watching a cat die. This whole movie is about us watching which cat's going to die. Homeless cat. Homeless cat ultimately dies. And we're going to talk about Jennifer Hudson in a moment uh, for sure, because she was the, the, the true singing talent in this film and the snottiest. But there is something about the way in which she is sent off that feels like I'm watching a Broadway musical and not watching just like she gets into a basically what is like essentially a hot air balloon. I don't right. know how else to describe I want to ask like, each one of you, will that thing make it to the next life for this cat? Well, you see at the very end when it when it, it sends into the clouds at the very end. Barely. I mean, like it's right above them. They could have batted it down if they no, felt it like it. Disappears. It <laughs> disappears. The time and space in this movie. That's when the dog shows up and puts it down. I mean, my dream would be if the dog showed up then. It was like, wow, that'd be perfect. I would be thrilled. Walk Reagan as the dog flies out and smacks it down. But instead, Al Pacino's the dog suddenly, and he's just like, wah, gets it. But no, I think. Do you think that thing was going to, Does do you think that contraption's going to work? Yes, because it, in the end, it you disappears. Sankova, yes. what do you think? It disappears into a cat's face in the cloud. For no, the I understand. Sanity in trying to find sense in a nonsensical world that is this movie, mm. I have to believe that that thing, that contraption, mm-hmm. took them to the next life where they could be reincarnated. Because otherwise, there was absolutely no point to this movie. Reagan? Oh, no, she's going to die. She's, she's going to die in that She's going to die gonna in the upper down. atmosphere when she runs out of oxygen. Even though it's weighed down by a chandelier for no reason. No, but there's like a wormhole or something it must go through once yeah. you get past the clouds, maybe. The cat cloud is a wormhole. But we don't know that. Why don't you people believe in magic? Because it's one, of the, it's one of the top five things McCavity says. Magic. Magic. There is another magician and we haven't talked about. Oh, the oh, less man. said about that fucking guy. The incel magician? Oh, yeah. Mr. Mistopheles? Okay, so here's maybe my favorite, least favorite thing in the movie. Okay. Your favorite, that, least favorite thing? Uh-huh. Is that that guy comes in in what is, I guess, one of the more powerful of the five ending numbers that all should have ended the movie, uh, where he learns how to be more magical with confidence. Mm-hmm. That the only thing that was lacking in this moron, I guess, was the confidence to make someone else's magic moot. Am I what? <laughs> what I'm trying yeah. to ask here is Oh, there's a question in that? Why? Um, no. Why? Why is it co- like Basically like everyone give First of all, for those who haven't seen the movie This makes a lot of sense if you have Don't see the movie But Amen. he he basically this, this like two-bit magician Becomes like an all-powerful deity Right with, Because with the cats well, sing a song to him yeah. Which I cannot remember because I can't remember any of the songs. I only know the one Jennifer Hudson sang, and I was like, that's the one time I recognize something. It's gone that. from my memory already. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that it is, it seems to be telling us that this guy who's only ever done like card tricks is somehow 
just going to turn into a real magician because everyone's saying at him. Mm. The first, the first two times I saw this movie, I, the whole scene, you're just wondering what if it just doesn't work? Like then everyone just looks like a complete asshole. They've been singing at this guy and he's just like, I can't fucking do it. I'm not actually magical. There was and it's the, the it's the like star. newcomer that like we have been trying to explain everything to just before she might get picked to die, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a really morbid, weird thing to have a play about. Uh, but she's the one that's like, no, no, guys, if we sing one more shitty chorus all together, he's going to get it this time. So this is the uh, the cat's equivalent of the slow clap. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, they gave up after two. <laughs> saying the chorus twice and he was like almost and they were like nah are you sure they were this kid's done he's washed underneath there at the same time <laughs> you see but this whole thing because it suddenly does reappear judy dench is why i believe that in this world of this movie magic is real and therefore the ascent into the heavens into the face of a cat in the clouds has to be that the reincarnation does happen in this world that that grizabella jennifer hudson's character is going to be reborn it's gonna happen that you are trying to define what is real in this situation makes you the voice of reason Bustopher jones fuck you <laughs> i hate Bustopher jones <laughs> is this movie sing a song from this movie no. <laughs> Can anyone do it? I know. When you're a jet, you're a jet. <laughs> when you're a cat, you're a cat. So <laughs> never, never have I ever. Yes. Oh, you do I remember, remember it. You do remember it. Ooh. I remember that melody, but I don't know what those couldn't have been the lyrics. This brings up another thing. And I just want. Like maybe if Tom Hooper ever listens to this, I doubt he gets this far because he's getting crushed pretty hard in this. Yeah, I don't think he's going to say the whole thing. But if he does, my advice to you, dude, is know the difference between a, a trained chorus of singers and a bunch of people coming in and doing things in a take. Because like the chorus of singers has sung together before. They know each other's strengths and weaknesses. It's a totally yeah. different thing than a bunch of people coming in and doing a take and you just splash them all together. It was awful. So that, like, you guys explaining how the audio was recorded, you know, during the filming makes sense because there were some times I was having difficulty listening and it almost reminded me of, what is it, that Latyric song where he raps one verse in one channel and another verse in the other? Oh, yeah. They just blend into each other. And I'm like, but that was cool because it was worth listening to. Right. It was someone experimenting and doing something a bunch of times, probably to like get it right and make yeah, it sound. And cool. not torturing. That's a bunch not of what this words other than the engineer to you know mix <laughs> and master it. Like, all right, man. Just like magic of auto tune, it's a magical world of cats. Just use your magic. Cat o tune. In the real world, it'll just be magical. Is this movie about cancel culture? No, it's about cats. <laughs> Did you know they were cats? I did know they were cats. Good. The only way it could be about cancel culture is if it was canceling dogs. <laughs> well, we did talk about my disappointment about the dogs. Yes. There were but no dogs in the film. No dogs. I in the think film. they tried to make the make maybe I know I'm, I'm reaching cause I'm talking about a movie that was absolute boring trash. Like I started doing like laundry. I started doing dishes. <laughs> <laughs> 
was carrying my phone around, but I had to like numb the pain or whatever. Or so I, I started doing, you know, stuff around the house, but like maybe, I don't know. He thought he was doing something good, but he just didn't. Hooper has some, some thoughts, uh, which led me to ask this question. So he suggests that he wrote the screenplay for this with uh, tribalism in mind. Okay. And uh-huh. comes back to the relationship between uh, Jennifer Hudson's Grizabella character and yeah. all these other jellical cats who shun her and mm-hmm. are cruel to her. He cites when T.S. Eliot was publishing the poems, it was back in 1939, uh, the original poems for this book that, that create the songs. Uh, 1939, obviously, with War Looming. And Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical comes out during the 1980s, the time of Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher. He, but that's crazy talk. He could have put it out anytime. America's been at war for a billion years. Yes. Hooper say, Hooper <laughs> says, yeah, that's the most ridiculous critique of all time. So Hooper sort of seemed to, to see this as these all as our time, like 2019 versus 1939 versus the 1980s, I think it was 83 or 84 when the musical first hit, it, when it came out. Um, that it has sort of the tie to these times of real of tribalism in terms of politics and culture, this high divisive partisan periods. And he saw he seemed to see a parallel in that in the way that he wrote the screenplay, uh, thinking so, about those things. So so Idris Elba's what, the CIA? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Like, 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 yeah. Like if, if we're trying to apply logic to this and he's You're just not, coming up with but, these random things. I want to read you a quote from Tom Hooper on this. He says, I do no, think... No, please don't. Stop this. I do think... <laughs> Why? Did, you're only confusing us more. If there was ever going speaking. to be a drinking or a smoking game, it would be how many quotes of Tom Hooper are cited. <laughs> Go ahead. I do think thematically, it says something about how... Thematically. We, how we as communities... Are communities. St- ...are stronger <laughs> when we reassimilate the people who are pushed to the margins. They didn't reassimilate. They sent her off to die. They killed her. When <laughs> they, we include... They, they murdered one of their own because her life was shitty because of them. When we... They really, are they, they all the army? Is this supposed to, like, judge? Who is this judging? Rather than exclude. Oh. So it makes me wonder if this was a commentary on cancel culture and that if Jennifer Hudson's character, Grizabella, had been canceled by this community and in the end they go and end up doing a nice thing by allowing her back into their world and Is getting Jennifer the most Hudson as a cat. Get rid of her? No, it's the most prestigious honor apparently in their community is to be reborn. But it's still like the message is still if you're homeless and shunned, just like you. do the next like just give up on this thing <laughs> just, like beg to die and everything talent when when this talent show so you can die is jennifer hudson as a cat the only actual body on the gun that is cancel culture <clears throat> has anyone died because of the internet not liking them for a while because this is a pretty crazy thing to say about cancel culture I love this movie. No, I don't. love what it did to my brain versus oh. what versus what the cat in the hat did to my brain. Really? Oh, man. The cat in the hat we broke disagree. me in a very different way. I'm broke. Did it break you in a Billy Woods way? <laughs> no, it didn't break me in a Billy Woods way. Uh, that's a that's a special version of being broken 
by what we do on this show. But no, the cat in the hat was this absurdist world. We only had one cat and a few other non-human characters and in, in that to, to mess with our brains. But this was a world we were dropped into and told this mm-hmm. is just how things are and explained thoroughly throughout the film in song what they what, were all what about. Were, what were the words? About. What happened? Who did anything? What mattered? It was about the virtues of being a cat. No, it was just simply about being a cat. What virtue? The virtue is death. I don't, I mean, like if you have nine lives, I understand that maybe they're not as valuable. Was Jennifer Hudson like on her eighth life at that point? But we don't know how many lives they were on. That actually was never really mentioned in the film. That's a good point. Video game levels or energy levels or whatever. Which is the only thing cats do that wasn't mentioned. Also, whenever they needed some time to kill because things didn't make sense and they wanted you to forget it, you could always have a five minute dance number for no reason. Kind of like Walking Dead. The gun, mm. no, the writers are done. Oh, let's bring in the zombies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you guys forget? There's a horde of like flesh eating zombies we can we can fall back on. Sorry, we cannot sustain any watchability. Here's some fear. I will never forget this movie. Do you want Our, to do you want to join their religion? Didn't we now religion? and forever? Europe, Europe. Hold on, I'm gonna look for the name that we gave this. Was the name is the name we gave this? D's nuts caster. <laughs> Wait, the D's nuts caster. That's the religion name. You wrote that down? Do you yeah? Uh-huh. I mean, think about how much we had smoked up until that point. That listen, that, man, that that's where the best idea is smoking are, gelato. Are you saying that you're a a you're you believe in these nuts catzer as a religion, or at least you're willing to like learn more. I mean, I, I I'd read to watch the play. I'd read some literature. Where you sign up for, uh, well, the literature is the play, man. You got to go back to the source material. I guess. Well, I already saw the movie. I didn't take a personality test yet. It's different. I guess if I haven't had the e-meter in my hand yet, I was going to say, what's your clear level? Exactly. Oh, dog. Cat ownership and cat love. You don't have to pass any tests. You just have to only care about cats and be mad if anyone says anything bad about cats. That's it. But here's the thing. Cats don't care about you. They sure don't. Any last words on the movie Cats? Anything anybody have been dying to say that they discovered about this film, learned about this film, or learned about themselves through this film? My favorite part was when the newcomer cat that we decide to base the whole film off of for no reason. Mm-hmm. Victoria. Uh, explains to the homeless and shunned cat. Grizabella. That like has suffered and never had a roof over her head. That she's suffering more because at least she has happy memories of before she was homeless. Mm. Then later, graciously picks her to die. I mean, that is the neoliberal position, am I not right? I mean, bravo. If that was the message, you you did a poor job of putting it together, but we found it. I don't think that was the message, but it was there. Fuck this movie. <laughs> and yet, I mean, and yet, and yet, <laughs> and yet, and yet <laughs> what? No, I, don't do this. 
No. We'll go there. I I will I will I know we're not recommending, but I would recommend people watch this movie. Yeah. Because it like it really Gary's broken. Jeff has been broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all broken people now. And it's yeah. because of how how shockingly this movie was put together. Everything that they should have done, they didn't. And every like it, it, all the wrong decisions were made. Not just like one wrong decision. Every decision was wrong. And to see that produced, I think, is an experience that everyone should have at least once in their life. I don't disagree because I you think you can get it from other more fun movies. But no, but I think a lot of people. The, the thing that we're forgetting with this is that this isn't just Tom Hooper's idea on screen. This is the longest running Broadway musical ever. This movie, this play. The play has been seen by millions of people. The it capitalistic was, top of the hill. This it was, was it. It was a money. Hit. It ran the longest. It was. It's beloved. A massive hit. It explains cat culture entirely. It had touring companies. People saw it outside of New York. It went all over the world. It continues to be performed in places to this day. This is a phenomenon that has been shared by more people than just about anything we've watched on this show before. The sheer number of people who've been exposed to at least a theatrical production of Cats. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't be, I can't pull the don't watch this movie that I did with say Marcy X or The Cat in the Hat. I will say it. Fuck I can't because not watch this because most, I'm asking you to most more humans have seen this than anything we've talked about in this show. They Which may not like have seen this version of it because again, it was a, a colossal. If fuck. they've seen the original, I highly recommend don't see this. Then, what would the point be? It would just kind of ruin the image of what you have. If you've never seen either, yeah, maybe check it out because it's terrible. It didn't ruin it for Tom Hooper. He saw it at the age of eight, and there in his forties, he rediscovered of the it. of yeah. the things that I would say about you or list about you to somebody else. I never thought I'd have to say Tom Hooper apologist. <laughs> I never thought that was going to happen. I, but I here think we what are. we're looking at is Tom Hooper. By you're a Hooper apologist. Quotes. You're in on big cats. <laughs> I can't wait to see what he does next. You're a cat's truther. Because we watch so many bad movies on this show, especially this season where we chose to watch nothing but bad movies. Yeah, we this was one of them. We chose so many and we chose, this is out of competition. We watch so many movies where the film that we've talked about is the one that ends their career effectively. Mm-hmm. I want to live in a world where this person who had so many big, successful, critically acclaimed and otherwise films before this, Right. Gets to do another film after this. I want to know what that movie is. Does it have to be right away? Do we need this like right now? Or does he have more time to think about how this was a bomb piece of shit? I want, I want in the next two years for another Tom Hooper movie. Why? I want to know. That's so soon. I mean, think about psychological. Why are you being impatient about terribleness? No, I mean, psychologically, like, wouldn't you love to have seen what the Gigli guy would have done next? No. No, Why not? No, you no, were no, delighted no, no. by that film. I okay. In the same way that I'm delighted when things go poorly. Like I went to a roller rink recently and I don't skate. So I just like hung out and watched people fall down. Shit was hilarious. 
it's it's a it's a morbid thing to watch these films and i like if you don't have the button where you can press it and turn everything off and just be like why is this happening to me then don't see this film it's bad it's bad bad i don't i don't it's not good bad no we're not i'm not even saying about being good bad or, or bad bad i'm i'm saying it's a bad movie i'm not even i'm not putting it into the competition terms sankofa right. what are your thoughts on this on this debate that we're having here why don't you be the final thought uh i think ultimately he might get a second chance uh maybe he'll remake the movie cats that came out one year before about a cat named blanket living in the city with his son cape oh. uh starring dermot Mulroney, vladimir kamano and Brittany curran hey should he go shot by shot or should it be like a in the same universe as the film remake Ooh. I think they should use the same sets. I really like this idea that he would continue to make other movies about cats after this, like defiantly continue to make movies about cats. I mean, that is Definitely. opens up a whole other world, really. A new cats genre. Trash. Yeah, I mean, just think Get about it. Here. He could do more that More movie. cat movies from this guy? Yeah, more cat movies, absolutely. He made, listen, Double he down. made people work 90 hours a, a week and sleep under their desks to move ears. I don't want to see another movie by this guy. He's going to do it again in That Darn Cat 3. Yeah, there we go. Well, you, you didn't say it was going to be in the That, that Darn Cat universe. <laughs> now, we're, now we're talking. <laughs> Christ. Fuck this movie. Well, before, I just want to uh, correct something uh, from there. You uh, had some incorrect lyrics that you were trying to interpret before. I acknowledge that they were incorrect. That's I don't remember the song. It sucks. The song is called Mr. Mistopheles. And the, uh, yeah, it's the magic chorus cat. is... I know what the song... I know what it did. And we all say, oh, well, we never. Was there ever a cat so clever as magical Mr. Mistopheles? This song sucks. I don't care. Stop doing this to me. Oh, well, stop antagonizing me with this terrible film. You got your wish. Was there ever I watched a cat fucking so cats. clever as magical Mister Mistopheles? Why are you doing this? I don't. I'm not. I already forgot. I just want to set the record straight. Yeah, I already forgot those lyrics because they're fucking terrible. I had a reason for why I wanted to do this episode, and you know we've we've talked about this before. But like when we did the Cat in the Hat episode, you really wanted me to pick this. I secretly wanted you to pick this because yeah. Reagan was definitely uh, I had talked about it with Reagan and she was like very Do I get one of those? Do I get a thing where I go I get to pick one of mine that you didn't get? Yeah, sure. I mean, this is bonus episodes. We can do whatever. So yeah, if you have a thing that you I Then I feel to... less bad about uh, Well, that's not true. I'm like obviously crazy miserable about I mean, having if, seen if you want, If you want to pick some garbage film, like, I mean, I guess but like No, I want to have a good you. time. I want to like watch a movie that both of us might enjoy and laugh at for well, once, instead of suffering through it and laughing out of pain and misery. But that's not the point of this. Why don't scene? we have a good time even though it's a bad movie? That's those are a lot of my picks were that, unless I was reacting to you. I mean. That it was supposed to be a good time and a bad time. Obsessed was supposed to be a good time. Yeah, dude. Idris Elba and Beyonce. Everybody was hot. There were hilarious plot miscues. 
Oh, wow, miscues. Yeah, man, that's the point. Back. Look, I, you know, you win some, you lose some. I'm just saying I won a whole lot more than you did. Yeah, we know. Let me show you one that maybe would have been like a lot of fun for us. Okay, so like if you were to pick like... If you were to pick a movie for a bonus episode now, we mm -hmm. just did this Cats one, what would you pick? Since it seems like you don't want to retaliate against me. I don't. I'm done retaliating. We're out of the contest. We're so, out of it. Like, it's, there's no more contest here. We're in, we discussed this. We're in a land where the rules of the contest don't exist. This is a phantom zone. <laughs> a phantom zone. Phantom. Okay. Like in Superman, where he locks up the, uh, the baddies. Okay. So what would you pick? What would you pick then? It's you know we've got long lists. Yeah, I mean, so look at your list. Like what, what's what's I'm in the wheelhouse? You're not going to be. I know you're not going to say fucking Ford Fairlane. You know, I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to do that. You're not going to sit here and be like, we're going to. That was only Patty to get Jack you to. Too. That was only there to get you to pick Marcy X or get Marcy X picked for you. Yeah, which whatever. That's convoluted. Because I knew you wouldn't sign up if you if well, you saw. It's convoluted, but fine, whatever. Yeah. I'm sorry that I wasn't like specifically on point for the podcast for like Oh well, I never was Stop. You stop. So That's clever. enough. That's enough. So what do you want to watch? I'm going to quit this fucking podcast. Okay. Harlem watch? Nights. Oh, Harlem Nights. Harlem Nights. That's my decision. Wait, wait, is that Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, yeah. Red Fox, yeah. Della Reese, Jasmine Guy. How is this a bad movie? Doug, it's crushed it's like below 30 what? on tomatoes it's a How? 25 we watched knowing that movie knowing that i still contend is a good bad movie i understand that we disagree we i understand we disagree that movie's a 43 this movie is a 25 how harlem nights is this might be an actual example where a this is just like a known known good bad movie you see a lot of them get reflected now Mm -hmm. On like a Rotten Tomatoes, come people come back, they rewatch, they review differently. It gets a little bit of shine, you know. Yeah. Never, it's never happened for this movie, and I, I truly don't get it. It is, you know, it, it it commits some dumb sins, just like any bad movie. But it's yeah, but got like some of the funniest people on earth doing their bits. Yeah, I Robin I mean, Harris, Charlie Murphy. You can go on and on and on. No, I'll I'll be honest. Like I have not watched this film probably since the nineteen nineties. I probably have not seen this in my yeah. adult life. And that's dangerous because like we have a different viewing style now, you know, yeah. a different lens. Of course. But I, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun and raucous. I was such a huge Eddie Murphy fan. So like, I, I mean, I definitely came into it with that, but yeah, you want to watch Harlem Nights. Let's watch fucking Harlem Nights. We're going to watch Harlem Nights. Harlem Nights. We're going to have a good time for one, just one time. We're going to have a good time. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. This week we've been going through a lot of bad times, Gary. Yeah, you've been through some cats. Rough stuff. Cats was not a fun thing for me, despite us having a great time together. Yeah, it really, my I brain to, is circulating in a way where I can't get out of. I've been watching a lot of Tubi, Gary. Ooh, a lot of Tubi. Wait, where where is uh, Harlem Nights on? Is Harlem Nights on Tubi? Oh, I don't know. Let's find out. Let's find out. It's the Cabbages Podcast Network. <laughs>